Well, good morning. Welcome to Stuttgart Harvest Church. We're in week number three of a four-part series called The Principle of the Path. This is something that uh, I have been teaching in ministry for 27 years. I can't believe it's been that long. I was in student ministry for 17 of those years, and this was a very, very dear topic. And uh, as I began listening to one of my mentors teach on this topic, I was just motivated to present it to you as well, as, as accurately as possible, because this is a strong concept that can revolutionize your life. And we talked last week, we, we began with a verse that said this, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3, it said, a prudent man sees danger. So they're on a path, they see danger down the road, and it says, they take refuge. But the simple, they see that same thing happening down there, they're on the same path, they see the same danger. But the Proverbs writer here says, they keep going. And then it says they suffer for it. So the principle of the path says this, your path that you choose, not your intentions, not your hopes, not your dreams, and get this, not even your prayers, your path, not your intentions, determine your place that you're going to land. Your path determines your place every single time. Your path in every single area of your life, each path that you're on in every single area of your life ends at a very specific place. And we recognize this in driving and in hunting and hiking, but we, we seem to ignore it in most every other area of our lives, the principle of the path. And it leads us then to wonder, well, what went wrong? Why did it happen this way? What, what was going on? We say, I want a great marriage, but then we're on a career path that is lead, that's taking all of our time, all of our investment, all of our effort, and that's not leading us on a path towards a great marriage. We say, I want a great marriage, and then perhaps maybe we spend all of our attention and time on the children. And we wonder why our marriage is not headed down towards a successful path. We say, I want to be financially stable. But then we find ourselves buying things instead of paying bills. We say, I would like financial peace in my life. But then we find ourselves carrying a balance on our credit cards. And then only paying the minimum payment, which will never lead us to pay off the balance. We say to ourselves, if you're single, I want a godly spouse. But then you find yourself dating people that don't love Jesus or that don't follow Jesus daily. You say, I want to beat this addiction. But then you keep hanging out with people who are giving in to their addictions. You say, I want to raise children who love Jesus, but then you find yourself maybe making your child the center of your universe and they tend to begin to think that the entire world revolves around them and they expect people to serve them. You say, I want to be here in my life, but then we're on a path that is taking us over here. You see, the path that we're on determines the place that we're going to land every single time. Our path 
Not our intentions determine our place. And last week we said, if the prudent man sees the danger that's down the road, then maybe we can be like that. And so we said, would you pray this prayer every single day and mean it? Not like a prayer that's like a magic genie thing, but a prayer that you really mean. Would you say this, Heavenly Father, help me see trouble coming long before it ever gets here. And give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. If I'm on a path that's leading this way, but I want to end up this way. God, give me the wisdom and the courage to change paths as soon as possible. You see, the decisions that we're making today, we don't really see the payoff from that until weeks later, years later, sometimes even decades later. And that's scary. Because sometimes we don't know if the path we're on was a good decision until years later, until the outcome of that. I mean, that's true with raising your children. I mean, you don't know if you've chosen the right path in raising your children until years later, decades later, when they're grown. That's when you begin to see. I mean, if you're in a first marriage, how do you know that that marriage is the right marriage path to make it work, the things you're doing? How do you know that's going to make it work because it's your first marriage? You don't have the experience, right? Perhaps you're in a second marriage. How do you know that the things you're doing in that marriage for your second marriage are going to make it through and going to see you to the success that you want? Because after all, it's your first, second marriage. How do you know? you're going to end up where you want? How do you know you're on the right path? How do we know we're raising our children right when we don't find out until they're grown? Sometimes that discovery, the discovery of whether or not we were on the right path that happens years later, sometimes we're, we're very happy with the result, but sometimes we're disappointed. We're saying, man, that's not what I thought was going to happen. But see, we can't go back and change things because it's too late. I mean, we've reached the end of that path. It's too late to go back and change paths and to change direction. So that gives us a problem. In choosing the path, when we don't have the experience, how do we know we're on the right path? How do we choose the right path when the future has not happened yet and we can't see the result we don't know where it's headed, so what do we do? I mean, it might make sense if we could just get one person to kind of go and, and tabulate every decision ever made in the United States and to determine where, where, what path was that and where did it end? How did that decision turn out? If someone could, could gather all of that information, then we could present and type into the computer, here's the decision we're making, what's the best path? And it would give us the path. Then we could take that path and we would see the right result, right? That's the way it could happen, right? Well, the answer to that, well, the truth is wrong. It wouldn't really help at all. And why do we know this? Here's why we know it would not help to have that information. Because we could get that information, but we wouldn't listen to it. We just wouldn't listen to it. We would still choose the wrong path. Here's the proof. Because we have been given 
information about better paths for us to take. And what did we do? We ignored them and did what we wanted anyway, didn't we? We just have that tendency. See, the problem in making a decision on what path to take, the problem is not information. The problem is not that we don't have the information we need to make the decision we need to make. That's not the problem because even when we have the information, we ignore the information. So what's the problem? What's the solution? How do we handle this? Well, Solomon gives us some help here in the Bible. Now, this is King Solomon who's written this. And his background, let me give you a little bit of his background. King Solomon became king at the ripe old age of 12 years old. And so at 12 years old, he did not have the knowledge, the information that he needed to rule, to do what he needed to do. He didn't have it. He was 12. And so God at some point comes to him and says, all right, you ask me anything and I'm going to do it for you. Ask me anything. I'm going to give it to you. Solomon, what do you want? Solomon's like, that's a no-brainer. I want a new Xbox (laughs) because, no, he said, Solomon said, you know what? I I have no idea what I'm doing. You want me to lead your people and God, I I don't know what to do. I can't. I'm like a kid. I I don't have the information, the wisdom. God, I need wisdom. I need your wisdom. And God was like, all right, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to make you the wisest person who has ever lived That's what I'm going to do for you, Solomon. And because you didn't ask for riches and fame, he said, I'm going to go ahead and give that to you too. Solomon became the wisest man to have ever lived. He had the information and the knowledge. If there's anyone in the world who was set up to make good decisions and choose the right path, it was Solomon. If there was someone who was set up to give information to help people choose the right path, it was Solomon because he's the wisest man because of God. God gave him that wisdom, the wisest man to have ever lived. He was set up with the information needed. And so when someone came along and asked Solomon, King Solomon, what do I need to do to choose the right path, to make the right decision, to do the right thing? You would think he would say, listen, you need this wisdom from God to have direction, to know what to do. You need his wisdom, you need information, and God has it, and he can give it to you. Go ask God for this information, this direction. But that is not, that is not what Solomon said. You would think he would say that because he had it, but that's not what he said. So if the wisest man to have ever lived did not say you need more information, you need God's direction, you need God's discernment to make these decisions to get on the right path, if he did not say that, then what did he say? So let's learn from it. Here's what he said, Proverbs chapter 3, starting with verse 5. We're going to go a phrase at a time and just kind of hang out on a phrase. Here's what he said, verse 5, the first phrase. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's just stop right there for a moment. He did not say trust in yourself. 
He didn't say trust in your intuition, trust in your experience, trust in the information that you have gathered, trust in your wisdom. He did not say to even to ask God for more information. He didn't say do that. He said lean hard on God. Trust in God. Every single day, every single area of your life have confidence in God. Lean on God. Rely upon God. That's what he's saying. Rely on God. And then he goes on to say, and do not rely on your own understanding. Don't rely on your own understanding. He said, trust in God. Don't trust in yourself. Don't rely, rely, lean on God. Don't lean on yourself. You see, our tendency, our tendency is to make decisions based upon our experience. Well, if I, if we're talking to a friend and they're trying to make a decision, what do we say? Well, if I were going to do it, I would, you see, the way I think about that is our tendency is to rely upon ourselves, to lean upon ourselves, to talk about what we think, the way we see it. And Solomon is saying, don't lean on your understanding, your viewpoint, the way you see it. He said, don't lean on yourself. Don't rely on yourself. He's saying, rely on, lean on, trust in God. It's not that we shouldn't get more information. That's not what I'm saying. I have spent my life gathering information and learning. I have spent my life almost every single day trying to learn and stretch and know things in a new way, in a better way, so that I can do better, learn better, and be better at what I do. I'm not saying don't learn, don't grow. What Solomon is saying is don't rely on your experience. Don't rely, lean on your understanding, your knowledge, your experience. Even though you have gathered information and knowledge and experience and some wisdom, he said, that's not enough. In your marriage... Your knowledge, information, the way you think it should happen, it is not enough. Don't rely on it. In your business and your career, don't rely upon your information, your knowledge, your wisdom, the way you think it should be. When you're raising your kids, don't rely upon the way you think it should be, the books you've read. Don't rely upon your information, your wisdom. Don't rely upon the way you think it should happen in your dating don't 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 depend don't lean on the way you think it should be in your dating life as you're picking your friends the people that you're going to have as the people that you give the most confidence to in your private interior life don't lean on your understanding and the way you think that should go solomon is saying prop yourself up on god Lean in deeply against God. Trust in God. And we say, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And then we leave here and we lean on ourselves. 
and prop ourselves up against our understanding the way we think it should be. We do it all the time. For instance, when I was 16 years old, I got my first car. It was a beauty. 1973 metallic turd brown maverick. Three on the tree. <laughs> but I guess on the positive side of that, it, the, the engine block had been completely bored out, so it was a little peppier than the average and it was a lot of fun to drive. And so I had a, my best friend. We just lived about three or four miles from the school. And on the way home, we were 16 years old. We both had cars. And, you know, it was just three miles. And it was curvy and hilly. And it was just, it was a great little drive. And we just kind of got the idea, you know, he passed me. And I thought, you're not going to pass me. I passed him back. He passed me. We just kept, we just basically raced home. Not a brilliant thing. I mean, I knew I'd been driving since I was 14. I knew that wasn't smart. I knew that. I knew that was not the wise thing to do. I had all the information that I needed to do the right thing, the wise thing, a better path. I had the information. The wisdom was there. But I didn't do it. And you know how it works. You know, I finally squeezed in. He was ahead of me, and I squeezed in between him and the car. He was behind, and there was just enough room, and I forced my way in there. And, but, you know, it all seemed to be going really well until it didn't. And the person in front of me who was not part of the race, they put their brakes on, and there wasn't all that much room to stop. So I took it to the ditch area where I mowed down about 100 yards worth of mailboxes and stuff like that. Could have been a lot worse. And I look back and I say, I would probably do things differently now <laughs> if I had to make that decision again. I had the wisdom I needed. I had all the information there, but it didn't matter because I was leaning on my own thoughts, my own understanding. We do it all the time. And we do that in every area of our lives. Really, we lean on our own understanding. But the wisest man to have ever lived says, no, don't do it like that. He's saying, if you're trying to determine the right path for your life, he said, do not begin by saying, God, give me direction. And I know that sounds weird for a pastor to say to you. But the wisest man, I'm just relaying the information here. He's saying, that's not where you start. You don't say, God, give me direction. God, I need more information to make this decision on my path. I need more wisdom. God, that's what I need. Give me your information, your wisdom, your discernment. That's what I need, God. He said, the wisest man to have ever lived said, that's not where you start. That's the wrong thing. You're not there yet. He said, the right path begins with submission. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart in every single area of your life. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart in your marriage. Lean in on God with all of your heart 
with your money. He said, trust in God, lean on God with all of your heart when it comes to your dating. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean on Him when it comes to your friendships and the things that you're going to do with your friends. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, with every decision you make in life, everything you do, with your career, with your free time, with your weekend plans. He said, submission precedes direction every single time. And it's a beautiful thing, really. Because it is us saying, God I'm going to trust you. I trust you. Even before you tell me what path to take, I trust you before I even know where you're sending me, where you're leading me, what you're asking me to do. God, I trust you. God, I say yes to you in advance before I even know what you're going to ask of me. I'm telling you right now, the answer to you, God, is yes. Even though I don't know what path you're going to send me down, I'm saying yes to you. I'm trusting you with all of my heart before I even know where you're going to send me. And it's not us saying, God, before I know what kind of prosperity you're going to lead me to, I'm saying yes to you. No. It's more like what the Apostle Paul said. God, even though the path you send me down may contain some pain and some hurt and some discomfort, God, I say yes to you in advance. No matter the path, I say yes to you. Doesn't matter where you point me, I'm letting you know in advance, God, the answer for me is yes. I trust you. You won't steer me wrong. You won't lead me down the wrong path. I trust you. Even though the path is uncertain and some of the path may hurt, I trust you. I want your path. So I'm saying in advance, God, yes to you. So he says, trust God. The first thing, submission. Don't lean on your understanding, on your thoughts about life. He said, lean in, trust in God. And then in verse 6, he says, think about him, think about God in all your ways. Think about God. Not what you think about the topic, think about God in your dating ways. Think about God and His way in your friendship ways, your marriage ways. Think about Him in your handling money ways. He said in all your ways, your work ways, your school ways, your shopping ways, even your free time ways. He said think about Him in all of your ways. You see all these ways? Those are all your paths. And he says, think about him in every path you're on, all your paths, not just your Sunday path, not just your Sunday morning at 11 o'clock path. He said, all your paths, acknowledge him, think about him, think about how God is king over everything, live moment by moment thinking how God is in every area of your life and invite him 
into every area, every path, every way of your life alongside of you. And do you know what happens after that? So first we have, first we have this. He says, submit to God. Trust in God. Don't lean on your own trust, your own understanding, I mean, your own thoughts. Lean in on God. Submit to God. And then he said, think about God in every path that you're on. And if you do that, he says in the next part of the verse, and then he will guide you on the right path. As a result of you leaning on God, trusting in him, submitting to him, saying yes to him before you ever know where he's leading you. As a result of you leaning on God and thinking about God in every path of your life, every way of your life, not just your Sunday ways, every way. As a result of that, he's going to set you on the right path. If you will submit to God and think about God in all of these ways and all of these paths, then, then he'll guide you to the right path. If you will submit to God, say yes to him before you ever know where it's headed, lean on his understanding, his ways, think about him in all of those ways, afterwards he will guide you to the right path. Make the way clear. Make it clear so that you can see the right path. And that leads us to our three-word bottom line for today. Submission precedes direction. Before God is going to direct you to the right path, submission precedes direction. Trust in God. Say yes to Him before you ever know where the path is leading. Lean in on Him and His understanding. Trust Him. Think about Him in all of these ways, all of these paths. Then He gives you direction. But most people, most people have a tendency, they wait too late. They just live their lives based upon their understanding, their thoughts, the way they see it, and then they end up in a place and they say, I don't know what to do now. I mean, I got here, I landed here, I don't know what to do about it, I don't know what to do. And maybe you're listening to them at work and you're overhearing their conversation, or they may be talking to you and telling you about this relationship disaster that they're in, and they say, I don't know what to do. And you think to yourself, hopefully you don't say this out loud, you say, you think to yourself, you say, I know what you should have done, I mean, I know what you should have done a year ago. I know what you should have done years ago. And that's exactly why God is giving us this information now. He's hoping to say this to you. Let me work with you right now in your life to keep you from living any more regrets in your life. To keep you from getting to the place in your life where there are no good options left. He's saying, submit to me on this, this side that you're on right now. Submit to me here on the front end so that on the back end, 
you don't have a wreck. Let me make the path clear for you. Submit to me here so I can make the path clear. Solomon is saying you don't need at this point, you don't need more information today to know what path to take. You don't simply need more wisdom to make a better decision today. He says you need submission. Because we get the information and we get the wisdom and we ignore it. Solomon's saying, I want you to submit before you ever get to the path. It doesn't begin with us asking for more information, more direction, more wisdom. It always, always begins with submission. Thinking about God in all of my ways. Trusting Him, leaning on Him. And then, Solomon says, then He will guide me on the right path. And after that, Solomon throws in this next part of this verse. I want to read it. This is interesting. Verse 7. He says, don't consider yourself to be wise. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Solomon is saying, yes, 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 I know. I know you have some information. I know you have some life experience. You may even be an expert in some areas in your life because you have knowledge and in some areas you have great training and you've read the books and you've attended counseling. You've been to seminars. You have gained in some areas some great insight. But he says, don't consider yourself wise in those areas. Don't think of yourself in your own eyes as wise. He's telling us information is not enough. Wisdom is not enough. Experience is not enough. He's saying we need God. We don't need more common sense, Solomon is saying. We need a Savior. We don't need more information. We need a Heavenly Father. We don't need more analysis of the data. We need a relationship with God Himself. And here's why. This is why we need God more than we need at this point, in this moment, more information or more wisdom or more discernment. This is why. Because pride, my pride and your pride, always, eventually will override wisdom. How many times have you said to yourself, I knew better. I knew better. I I should never have done that, said that. I never should have sent that text message to him or to her. I never should have answered that phone call. I never should have had that lunch with that person. I never should have. I knew better, but I did it anyway. And the reason? Because our pride, leaning on ourselves, our own understanding, our own information, our own wisdom, our own knowledge, leaning on ourselves, our pride eventually always overrides wisdom. It's not that we need more common sense. Because that's not enough either. You know why? 
my arrogance eventually overrides all common sense because I knew better and I did it anyway. I don't need more discernment at this moment. It's not enough. Discernment is not enough. Why? Because my self-importance eventually always overrides my discernment. And all of that because I'm leaning on my own understanding. And the path that I choose when I'm leaning on my own understanding, the path I choose will be wrong. So I don't need in this moment to choose a path. I don't need more discernment. I don't need more wisdom. I don't need more common sense. I need God. Here's my question as we wrap this up this morning. Have you submitted to the point that you think about God in every area of your life? That you keep God in every area of your life? And you say, Harley, well, yeah. I mean, proof of that is salvation because I need God. I'm trusting God for my salvation. Because I've blown it. I can't, I can't save myself. I've blown it. I mean, that's why Jesus had to die on the cross for me. And that's why I look to him and I say, Jesus, what you did on the cross, you did for me. And I'm thankful for that. You did what I couldn't do. You paid the price for my sin. So I'm trusting you for that. And, and I am too, your pastor. I'm trusting. I can't be good enough to earn it. Some of you, that's news for you today. You're still trying to earn your salvation. I'm letting you know you've already blown it. You can't earn it. You've already messed up too badly. So have I. And that's why Jesus had to die for us. And that's why we trust him with our salvation. We trust him with it. And so yeah, you say, yes, Harley, I am trusting God. I'm not leaning on my own understanding here. I'm trusting God for my salvation. Check. You check that, Mark. You say, yes, I am. And I say to you, well, that's the easy one. That's the easy one. Because you can't trust yourself. You can't lean on your own understanding for your salvation because we have already blown it. We don't have a choice. When it comes to your children, if they're driving, once they step out of the house and get in the car and pull out of the driveway and leave, you have to trust in God with your children, you know, because you're powerless. You're not in the car with them. You can't slam on the brake for them. You can't. You got to just say, God, I'm putting them in your hands. I'm trusting you. Because you don't have a choice, do you? You don't have a choice. You trust in God. But then comes your marriage. And you say, but God, listen, I, I've got some ideas about my marriage. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't do anything about my salvation. That's up to you. I submit to you. I, that's up to you. I can't do that. I, I mean, but my marriage, God, I've got this. I've got some ideas here. I've read some books. I've got some experience. I've got some ideas of what I want it to be like. So I think I'm going to try this one, God. I'll do this one. You handle the salvation thing, and I'll do the marriage thing. I, I've got some ideas here. You say, now, God, now with my money, I'm going to trust you with salvation. But when it comes to my money, I, I've got some ideas. I've got a wish list, a want list. I've got some goals. And, and yes, God, I'm going to try to do this list and my money maybe the way I think you want it done. And maybe I'm going to be, try to be respectful of that. But I'm going to handle this. I've got this under control, God. I'm, I'm going to take this path with my... I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And so 
because I've got some things I want to do and I want to handle it. And so I'll take care of this one, God. I'll trust you with my salvation. I'll lean on you for my salvation. I'll think about you when it comes to salvation. But with my money, I think I've got this one. I've got some ideas I want to try. With my dating, God, if you're single, you say, God, with my dating, I, I, I'm going to trust you with my salvation. But man, I, I don't know, God, that I can trust you with my my dating, my future spouse. If that, I, what, what if you try to hook me up with somebody ugly? Yeah, see? I, I'm not sure I can try. I don't know that your idea of beautiful and amazing is my idea of beautiful. God, I've got some ideas here. I'm going to take over this, but I'm going to trust you with my salvation, God. I'll trust you there, but I'm, I'm going to lean on kind of what I'm thinking and what I have in mind here with my dating. You see, we know. We have the information and we have the wisdom, the discernment, but we do what we want to anyway. And so here's my question. Can you say, God, I need you in every area of my life as if I didn't have any information and as if I didn't have any knowledge or any wisdom or any discernment. That's how badly I need you, God, in every single area of my life. Or do we say, God, I'm going to lean on me. My pride, my arrogance, my self-importance. And if we do, that will trump wisdom and common sense and discernment every single time. Have you surrendered the things in your life that you do have control over? Many of you have already surrendered the things you don't have control over, like your salvation. And so you've surrendered that. Many of you have. But why is it so difficult to surrender the things you do have control over? And would you be willing to pause? And before you go to sleep tonight, before you lay your head down on your pillow, will you be willing to answer this question sometime today? Here's the question. Why am I so afraid to think about him? To submit to Him in the areas I control. Why do I only think about Him and surrender to Him in the areas where I have no control, like salvation? Wisdom, common sense, information. Solomon says, I've got all that, and it's not enough. We need God. Surrender to God in all your ways. And My hope and prayer is that before you go to sleep tonight, you will have a conversation with yourself, and I would encourage you to include God in on that and answer the question, why do I struggle so much with including him in the areas of my life where I have control. 
And I hope that conversation leads you a step closer to trusting in Him, leaning on Him, and not on yourself. Thinking about Him in every area, every path of your life. And then, as a result of that, He will make your path clear. Show you the right path. Direct you to the right path. Join me in prayer. God, you have told us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. To submit to you. To lean hard on you, God, and not to lean on our own understanding, on our own thoughts. God, you've told us to seek you in everything that we do, every path, every way of our life. And then, God, and only then will you show us which path to take. And God, you told us, don't be impressed with our own wisdom. That we need to live our lives moment by moment as if we don't have the experience we need, as if we don't have the knowledge we need, as if we don't have the wisdom and information we need, so that we must lean on you, submit to you, say yes to you. For Submission precedes direction. And God, if we intend to find and get on and stay on the right path in our lives, we must first submit to you. Lean on you. Think about you in every way of our lives. Help us to do this. Help us to have the conversation today, God, that asks the question, why do I have trouble leaning on you, submitting to you in the areas of my life where I have control? Help us have that conversation with you today, God. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.